podcast presented by Fight for Life. I am your host, Orhan Nance, and I'm back with another episode, the first quarantine episode of the You for Life podcast. Uh, I am sitting here with my favorite Taurus, the one, the only, Patrice. Can you say hello? Hey. <laughs> hey. Okay, so uh, today I want to bring you on to talk about uh, mental health. Because I think uh, we all struggling with uh, acceptance and a lot of us, you know, we're dealing with uh, our own battles, right? So I brought you on because you are a professional in the mental health space, correct? Yes. What do you do? So I am a licensed professional counselor in Illinois and I work for a mental health agency here in the city. Good, good. So how long have you been here? Because you're not from here. No. So I moved to Chicago almost five years ago for grad school. I went and got my master's in counseling here at Adler University. All right. And you did undergrad at Baylor? Yes. So I born and raised from Dallas, Fort Worth area in Texas, went to Baylor University, also in Texas, and then moved here after that. But how are you liking the city so far? Because that's something we don't talk about all the time. I feel like you just be like, eh, it snows, <laughs> hot dogs, Italian beef. Like, what do you think about the city? It's okay. It's growing on me. It has. I wonder why. <laughs> it's okay. Like, I feel like there's pros and cons to living in Chicago. Just like there's pros and cons. What's to the first pro? Tell us. In Texas. What's the first pro? Yes. Lake Michigan. Okay. What's the second pro? Um. Oh, okay. Yeah. Food. Food. So I'm I'm far on the least on the list as you, you haven't can see. even told the people that we're dating yet. I did say you my girlfriend, did I? Oh, y'all, this is my girl. Um, Patrice, this is my girl. We are sitting in this house for uh seven weeks. We've been sitting in this house for seven weeks, and it's been the greatest experience I've ever had. Don't lie to the people. It's been terrible, but not because of her. It's just because we are in a small space, and uh, it can be difficult navigating, you know, both of us trying to work on things. you still seeing clients. Yeah, so we've shifted from seeing face-to-face to doing telemental health. Okay. Can you go a little deeper into that? Because especially if we can get some people some help, if we can, that'd be great, but... Explain uh, like some of the pros and cons with the telemental health and what is telemental health? Well, telemental health is basically doing therapy online through an online platform and it's not face-to-face. So that can look like doing FaceTime, it could look like doing a phone call session, it could look like even doing an email chain back mm. and forth with a therapist, and then finally like a video call through like a platform like Zoom or Doxy or something like that. Okay, okay. What's the difference between like seeing a client in person versus seeing a client through a computer screen? Oh, you did ask about pros and cons. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that like during a time like this, it's excellent because lots of people are going through hard times, challenging times, different times. So it's great to be able to still talk to your therapist or talk to someone. And so the access is greater. Compared to if we were doing face-to-face right now, it would put a lot of people at risk. It would put me at risk. It would put my clients at risk. Doing telemental health, the access is bigger. 
unfortunately, I'm a person who likes to talk to people face-to-face. Right. I like to be able to look at their body language, to to pay attention to the facial expressions they're making. And just I think that there's some sort of intimacy that comes from a therapy session that is face-to-face. And you lose some of that with telemental health. It's not gone. You can still create it, but you do lose a little bit of it. Okay, okay. So if you could create a balance between that. I mean, you do have therapists that just only do telemental health. Yeah, like for some, some people are busy. Um, maybe you live, like, not in Chicago, but maybe you live in a rural area where the therapist that you want is not nearby. For example, if you wanted a therapist of color or if you wanted a male therapist or a woman therapist or a queer therapist, like, if you wanted a specific type of therapy, it might be hard to find. So as the 20, like, as we get into these 2020s, like, you'll see a shift towards more telemental health. Okay, okay. So, I know it's got to be difficult getting a hold to these your clients at this time, too, because I, I can feel like I probably have an obligation to come see a therapist, but if I don't really feel like getting out of that bed, I mean, I ain't got to pick up the phone. And how, how does that work for you right now? Well, for me, I currently work in an agency that's youth-based, so I'm working with a lot of teenagers and young adults, and for them... The number one challenge is that they usually are living at home, right, with their parents or their family members, and it's harder for them to find a private space. So even if they go into their room and have a phone conversation with me or a video chat with me, you still can't completely 100% ensure that your family members can't hear you. Like, they might be up against the wall or they might, you know, you may not have your own bedroom and have to do it in another space, so... That's the number one challenge with right now, especially with a lot of people living um, with their family for the quarantine. So maybe they do have their own apartment or they do have their own space. But during the quarantine, lots of family members have decided to kind of live together right um, right now. So the challenge is just being able to find a space that's private so that confidentiality can still be a thing. Right. And that's got to be a struggle for the... Because, you, again, you're dealing with children, too. Yeah, with teens, it is it is a struggle. Because, as you can remember, I'm sure, when you were 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, there was probably plenty of things that you didn't want your parents to overhear you say. It could have right. been about them. It could have been about the decisions that you were making. Um, so just trying to work with them on times where maybe their parents are running an errand, maybe they're going to the grocery store. Um, if it's a nice day, going for a walk and having a conversation with me on the phone. Even some people may have access to cars and doing their phone sessions in a parked car so mm-hmm. they have quiet time. Yeah, okay, okay. So I do want to veer back just a little bit to get into your history. How did you get into wanting to be a mental health professional? Um. So I've always found humans to be very interesting and, and just their behavior to be just fascinating. I always wanted to know why people did the things that they do. Um, and as I grew up, I felt like, um, I always wished that I had someone who was older that I could talk to that wasn't necessarily related to me or connected to family members. I thought it would be cool to have someone that I could confide in without that fear of they're going to tell my parents Mm -hmm. 
or even they're going to judge me because I, they know my behavior outside. Like, I think the, the cool thing about therapy is that you see your therapist once a week or twice a week or however many times, and then you don't see them anywhere else. Right. So they're not, they're not with you in all capacity, but you have that break from them. So you can feel comfortable to be your full self without that worry of them judging you. That's interesting because I think we had a conversation about like equating like your therapist, I mean your friends being your therapist, and it's not that at all. Oh, absolutely not. I really don't like it when we say like, oh, my sister is my therapist or my best friend is my therapist. It's great to have those connections with people that we're close to, but the therapeutic relationship is very significantly different than you would have with someone that is in your life. Right, right. Well, let me go back to, getting back into your history. You have siblings that are also mental health professionals, correct? Yeah, it's, it's, I think the social sciences were just a thing for me, my family, my mom, was a high school counselor growing up, and then my sister is also a therapist as well. Um, so even though the, my sister, myself, and my mom are all in helping professions, we all do things differently. So mm. my sister um, works for the state-funded uh, like state funded agency and works more with severe cases of mental illness and does some more case management type work. And then, then I am more of just a mental health therapist where, like the traditional therapy where you come in, you sit across from someone for 50 minutes, you talk about what's going on in your life and rinse and repeat every week. Right. Um, so I do less case management work um, and more traditional talk therapy. Okay. And shout out to uh, those two beautiful women. Uh, hopefully they get to, why you make a face? <laughs> oh, okay. Here you go. Um, shout out to uh, your mom and your sister for the work that they do. And shout out to you, of course, again. Thank you for, you know, talking with the fam. Um, so I have a quick question, right? You being a black woman and being a therapist, what are some of the challenges that you have? I think that when I was getting trained to be a therapist, I would have liked even more guidance from black women therapists I think that would have been helpful I was blessed to have a few professors who were black and therapists themselves and could kind of give me guidance and and support and just mentorship Mm -hmm. Um, but moving forward I think that like there's this now that I'm in the work there is this pull that I feel like I want to be in the community and I want to be able to provide mental health services for black people. But um, knowing that that is a lot harder um, in black communities because of the stigma. So uh, on one end, I'm very sought after. Like I feel like people are get excited to finally see a black woman therapist because they've been searching for one. Um, And those are hard to find. It's just harder to find. It's not impossible. But on the other side, I feel like the families and the communities that I've worked with, it's just there's still a lot of stigma around mental health. Um, Some of the parents of the youth that I work with are just not as up with the times around mental health um, and trying to find that balance of I still struggle with, like, 
a parent who's in their 40s or 50s and I'm having to psychoeducate them about um, mental health, about mental wellness and, and feeling that like I don't want to step on any boundaries or I don't want to disrespect my elders because that's something that we're often taught when we're younger. Mm-hmm. But seeing them contribute to future stigmas getting passed on to their kids or just um, not being as up to um, the mental health area in general, I think, has been a struggle. Definitely. And you, you mentioned two great points. One, uh, or something I noticed, uh, was the space of African-American people that are therapists is very low. And then two, you, you're also dealing with the factor of we traditionally don't trust professionals in that sense. Like, we don't trust doctors. We don't trust the therapist, whatever it may be. I feel as though that uh, it's ha- it has to be in great balance, of course. But um, you, you're doing a great job of trying to break those cycles because you... I'm sure you have breakthroughs with your clients and then even more importantly with their parents because they have to continue to instill those, uh, the traits that you gave them or the coping skills that you gave those kids. Um, so, yeah, no, it's it's definitely, I can tell that it's a struggle. Um, even before I met you that it's like one of those things where like to be mentally broken or to be mentally ill is such a bad thing for us because we've been taught to be strong all the time. It sucks. It's trash. But, you know, we're working on it. <laughs> OK, so uh, what are some of the best ways a person, uh, especially during these times, can get a therapist? There's lots of different ways to get a therapist, but I think it's they're all in. It all seems intimidating up front, so let me break it down. So there's, if you have insurance and if you don't have insurance. Let's talk about affordable, I don't get insurance. Okay, so if you don't have insurance, doing something um, that's a text format is probably the quickest and fastest, easiest way to get a therapist, like, regular scheduled. Obviously, if it's an emergency situation or crisis situation and you need immediate help, there's hotlines um, that you can call and speak to someone right away. Those are made for crisis and emergency situations. So you won't have a long hour conversation. It's, you know, I think 30 minutes at most where they're trying to get you connected to um, support right away. So there's the crisis situations, and then from that you have text conversations. And then if you are looking for a long-term therapist that you can meet telehealth-wise, or even face-to-face, I know that there's still therapists out there who maybe have their own practice and are still comfortable opening up their own practices since mental health and counseling and therapy are essential businesses. So my agency made the decision to move to telehealth, but not all therapists have. So if you are looking for a therapist, but you don't have insurance, you can always reach out to the therapist that uh, you can find on like Psychology Today and see if they accept sliding scale. So sliding scale means that you and the therapist are going to negotiate or figure out a rate that works for you. So, for example, if there, if maybe your rate, or the only thing that you can afford is like $50, $70, $30, $15, you know, like, 
and maybe you're out of work right now or maybe you work part-time or maybe you work minimum wage jobs so that therapist and you are going to decide what rate works for the both of you based off of how much money you make Um, and so those are conversations that you will have it's no guarantee that your client I mean that your therapist will accept you as a client um, for the rate that you can afford Um, it's just all based on how many clients they're already seeing and what they can afford um, if they're having their own practices and running their own their own business, they they ultimately have a bottom line of like what they can accept. Um, so I would definitely try sliding scale first, especially during this time. I think a lot of therapists are understanding that this is a stressful and very new time, and so they're accepting more clients without insurance doing sliding scale. Then you can try something called open path. So if sliding scale doesn't work for you, there is a website called Open Path, and you go up there and you basically can pick your therapist from the website, just like you would if you had insurance, but Open Path works with therapists in your community that will automatically pick, uh, like have their clients only pay between $30 and I think Sixty dollars. Okay. So um, you automatically know that your rate is going to be somewhere in between that range. So you don't have to necessarily go and ask if they do sliding scale. That the therapists have already agreed that they will take clients from Open Path within the thirty dollars, sixty dollar rate. Um, and so then you will match with the therapist that you like, and you and your therapist will have a conversation of between that rate, between that range what you'll end up paying. So, for example, I have an open path profile, but I put $50 as my rate. I don't go up to 60 and I don't go down to 30. I just stay at 50 no matter what. Okay. Um, So there's open path. And then what else can you do if you don't have insurance? So if you were maybe going into like the Medicaid area, and we're getting funding through that. I'm not sure what unemployment offers uh, with their health benefits, but if you do get Medicaid benefits, then you can go to their website and search agencies and therapists from there. Yeah, and usually I know, like, when you sign up for Medicaid, like, you can sign up for food stamps, uh, cash assistance, emergency funds, things of that nature, so... That'd be great if y'all can find that uh, website. I might yeah. just put it in a link. So, yeah. Um, Open Path, the Medicaid website. I'm sure there's other texting sites or, like, virtual therapy sites that I'm just not aware of. Right. Um, and then if you do have insurance through your job um, or through your parents, then you can use websites like Psychology Today and um, that you're able to search your zip code and find a therapist in your area or a type of therapy that you like. And then there's even therapy for black girls. If you are a black woman and you're looking for a black therapist, you can go to therapy for black, therapy for black girls for a a specific black woman therapist. Okay. Okay. So I want to ask a couple more questions. So what are some of the misconceptions 
about being a therapist. Uh, I know a lot of times people think like, oh, you all don't have problems. You always know how to handle things. Uh, you weird. We was just watching. We was just watching The Office, and what did Ryan say? Like all therapists are. <laughs> that it was so funny. Um, <laughs> he just saw your face. It was hilarious. I'm trying to get her to watch The Office. We on season seven, and um, yes, I don't know I if she liked it. I've never seen The Office before March 2020. That's it. Yikes. Whatever. It's fine. It's not a whatever. Who your favorite character so far? Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. Or Stanley. Stanley. Stanley is hyped up on pretzels the last time. Like, that was his last big episode. He had an episode really big before that. But answer the question. So, what are some of the misconceptions uh, that therapists carry? I mean, I think you mentioned it. I think, like, it would be interesting to hear some of the stereotypes you had maybe before you met me. But I think that, like... People forget that therapists are also human, and we also have lives and families and insecurities and um, anxieties and strengths, and we are human, so we are well-rounded in that aspect. Um, So we're not perfect. We don't always know what to say. Um, A lot of times... I, I I will think, like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't know how to handle this situation in my head. But, like, I just sit with the client and we work it out together. And um, we do make mistakes, too. So I people might see their therapist as this expert, this person who does no wrong, this person who knows everything. But that is 100% false. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I still do make mistakes. And I'm still in the beginning years of my career as well. Like, I've only really been practicing for two years now. But we do make mistakes. We're not perfect. And you can correct your therapist, too. Like, if your therapist says something that's out of pocket and you really don't like it, like, have a conversation with your therapist about why that made you upset. And that will lead to better treatment for you Mm -hmm. um if your therapist knows where you're coming from and what's going on with you yeah like I think another thing is so the relationship that you have with your therapist is talked about at the beginning so when you have your first session with your therapist you're going to talk about what it's going to look like so what it's going to look like in session and out of session So if you're the type of person who every single time you see somebody out and about that you know you have to stop, give them a hug, say hello, you got to speak, you can do that with your therapist if you want to. So I've been in situations where I've been walking my dog or at the grocery store and have seen a client and I let the client decide what they want to how they want to respond to me so if they're like hey like hey Patrice then I'll say hi now if they want to completely ignore me and act like I don't exist then that's okay too so it's all up to what you and your therapist decide if how you want to interact with that therapist out and about because I'm still a real person I still got a grocery shop I still have a life so you're probably going to see me out and about so um however you want to yeah I mean you wouldn't would, would a person tweak out if they saw their doctor in the street? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's, it, it comes with the stem. Like, you know a lot about me, therefore yeah, I don't know how yeah. to act, interact with you. I think it's uncomfortable for people. Like, they know that this person knows a lot about them and their family. Say, like, me and you were walking down the street and I saw, 
like, my therapist, and I had just talked about you all in the in the session that we had had before, and mm-hmm. now I'm thinking, like, she knows everything about my boyfriend, sure. and, like, what is she thinking, or what does she want to know? So, I think, and it goes, also, you can, situations happen where people are seeing a therapist, and no one knows they're seeing a therapist. Mm-hmm. So, you... Um, and I would be comfortable with that because that's right. something that we share with each other and right. like wouldn't be a big deal. But some people may be seeing a therapist in secret and not telling their family members, not telling their spouses, not telling their friends. And so that could kind of create an awkward situation where they're basically out of themselves. Um, so that's why I let the, the client decide. So I would never go up to a client and say, hey, how are you doing? Like, how are you? Um, especially if they were with their family or friends or whoever, because I would hate to create an awkward situation where they have to be like, oh, that's my therapist. And mm-hmm. then that just, it's unethical, confidentiality rules, like all of that just right. blows up. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, I feel, <laughs> like I said, like, if I was, was to see my doctor in the street, like, I'm I'm pretty chill on that like oh you're my doctor but I can see why people would be like wow like you do know a lot about me and you probably more you probably know more than I know about myself because you're assessing me right am I right about that no how, oh, how, how that's another misconception is Uh-oh, that therapists are not walking around assessing people left and right yeah. honestly I turn my therapy brain off um, after I've been seeing clients all day because I don't want to work unpaid <laughs> oh, yeah. but I mean obviously like I can use my skills for to assess people so if I'm at a party and I am observing I can turn those therapy skills on right. um, but I very much turn them off so I'm not assessing people when I meet them okay well see now we just debunked it myth <laughs> debunked it that's not a word I don't think so we'll edit that out yeah. anyway um, so uh, one more thing so what are some of the things that we could do while we're in quarantine other than working out, other than eating a 12-inch burrito uh, that can be beneficial? Right. That can be beneficial for our mental health. Do you have any coping skills? What do you have? For the audience? Sure. I mean, there's I'm sure by now we've as a city, we've been in quarantine for like 7 weeks now. I'm sure by now you've heard so many different things that you can be doing. Um, you can go on a walk, but you can make sure you're wearing a mask and make sure you're not, like, with a group of people. And right. um, Definitely don't go to the lake because the lake is that open. Last but, time last time it was open, it was juking. Like, it was yeah. so many people up there. I did not. It was just, you it's know. It's too many. But, um so definitely, like, pay attention to those that you have been hearing all the time. Like, eating healthy, setting a routine, getting good night's rest, um, going, getting fresh air and getting vitamin D, like getting the sun. Um, all of those things are great. I think to be more specific, some of the things that we've been doing in the house uh, is finding an activity that you can do alone that's mindful and when I say mindful it's more so of like you're slowing down and really being able to pay attention to what you're doing and kind of shutting out the distractions so for me that is coloring I love to color 
Um, for Orhan, that's what? Uh, really, it's been listening to music. Listening to music, maybe... You like play 2K. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, cooking. Yeah. It can be very mindful. Um, so... I'm not an, I'm not a person to tell you exactly what to do, but finding a thing that you can be mindful at. So slowing down, really getting the distractions away from you and being able to focus on your breath um, is important. And I think that that will help slow any anxieties down and just get you present in the moment because I think that that's something I'm also personally struggling with is just not being able to be present right now and my brain is all over the place and thinking about the future, thinking about the past, thinking about the things that we're not getting to do right now, thinking about work, thinking about my family, like just having so many thoughts happen at one time and so being able to slow down and just focus on one thing really can help. Um, Also journaling is a big thing right now. And I think when I say journaling, people think, like, I am not about to write in a diary and talk about my... Like Moesha. Yeah, I'm not about to do all that. <laughs> but journaling can be something as simple as pulling out your phone, like, opening the notes app and just saying, like, today I feel scared. And then say one sentence of, sentence of why you feel scared. So today I feel scared because, you know, my neighbor got sick. And then that's it. Like, and just being able to sit for yourself in that moment just to express the true emotion of what you're feeling and why you're feeling it and then moving on. Um, It doesn't have to be some elaborate five-page letter um, or anything like that. Um, What have you been doing? You've been taking naps. Taking naps, working. creative. Very creative. You got your bike, so you went on a bike ride. Yeah, I got a new bike. And that's even, like, this thing, this COVID thing can be super mental because I'll go out and ride with a mask on, gloves on, everything, but let, like, a a breath of wind get into my mouth. I'm, like, I'm, like, gasping for air. I'm, like, do I got it? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's got to be tough for people that... It's like the essential workers, like any small sentiments, do I have it? Or? I think you can do something called reality testing, and that's what I've been doing too, is reality testing is just really checking in with yourself about how real your your um, your thought is. Mm-hmm. So, for example, an anxious thought might be like, I'm going to get sick. Like, I'm going to get sick, I'm going to get sick. Um, but then kind of checking back in with yourself of like, oh, but like, I'm washing my hands every single time I come in from outside and every time I am about to eat or cook or I am wearing my mask or I'm social distancing. So kind of replacing your anxious thought with um, a real thought, like reality thought or like instead of a catastrophizing thought Mm -hmm. where you're just spiraling. Um, So I think that that would be helpful for those who are working still. Um, the reality is, is that you are out there and you are putting yourself at risk. So just reminding yourself how you're keeping yourself safe the best way that you can. So if that is reminding yourself that you are, you know, wearing your mask, taking your clothes off as soon as you get inside, if you're social distancing, if you're having, if you're delivering food, if you're not having any contact with people, 
um, just reminding yourself of all the things that you are doing to keep yourself safe will help alleviate some anxiety that you're having. Yeah, and you got to deal with acceptance too. Yeah. Because it takes that first to even get to that point that you're talking about. You have to eventually say like, well, I've done everything I can. Even that, that's the toughest thing to say, especially with what's going on. I think they go hand in hand too. Yeah. Like being able to meet your anxious thought with a real thought and then the acceptance of like either way, like this is the world we're living in right now. And that some people will get sick and some people have lost their jobs. And like, you know, we're dealing with the reality of just like things are just really tough right now. Right. Um, and the acceptance piece is really hard and that I think comes last. But if you can get to the acceptance piece of I'm doing all that I can, I'm doing all that I can to keep myself safe, my family safe, my neighbor safe, my community safe, um, there's not much else that you can do. Right, yeah. And I think a lot for the for the majority of us that acceptance is gonna come after this is over. And then like of course the world's gonna be like totally different. But I think Right now is probably the best time to start gaining those skills about what's going on because we don't know. It's it's this is like a, a blind attack. We don't know nothing really. I hear so many different things. I mean, when it first started, is oh you don't have to wear a mask. Now it's you need to wear a mask. Don't go nowhere without a mask. Yeah, I think that's what another thing that we can be doing is. I wholeheartedly believe that we should be educating ourselves and staying in tune to like yeah. what's happening in the world, but. You don't have to watch the news all day, every day. You don't have to be on social media and scrolling and getting all of your information, like, constantly. Um, it can be, you know, you check in every evening or maybe every few days you want to check in with the news. But so much is changing that as soon as you get accepted to what the governor or what the president has said... Monday by Wednesday it's changed so letting things kind of like again with mindfulness you like let things come you accept them for what they are and you kind of let them go and I think we need to practice that with the news um is that we can't hold on to one piece of news for too long because there will be new news and new changes that come every few days I think the first step with all that is blocking Trump off of all your social media <laughs> That that is work wonders for me. For one, I have not. I don't pay it no mind. Him no mind, rather. Uh, and it works for me. Also, too, like feeding into uh, what they will call a conspiracy theory at this time. It's not going to serve you because if it's let's say if those things are real, what can we do about it right now? And that's another thing of acceptance. What can we really do about uh, the aliens that they saw yesterday or antennas yeah. and 5G like stuff like that like I get it and I understand why it's intriguing but at the same time it's not serving me at this point yeah. so again it is about acceptance for that's sure. the best piece of advice I've gotten through this whole thing is someone saying like what are you gaining right so when you're constantly scrolling all day every day what are you gaining from that when you're watching the news all day, every day, what are you gaining from that? When you're anxious um, and all you can think about are the bad things, like what are you gaining from that? Versus if you were to flip the script and were like doing a lot of positive things, what are you gaining? Okay, well you're gaining peace of mind, or you're gaining acceptance, or you're gaining coping skills, you're gaining like the ability to relax. Um, so thinking more so of like what are you gaining um, is 
a more helpful way to approach the behavior that you're doing. Right, and I mean, it's, again, it's, it's a lot of information out there, and it's super important to be mindful uh, with, with everything that's going on because, yo, we really don't know, right? We really don't know. I just hope that everybody's staying safe and uh, remaining positive in these times. If you had the energy to be creative, be creative. If you don't, it's cool. It's fine. You don't have to be working right now. I think that's I think that's bad for our mental health as well. It's like we just got removed from the society, but now we're trying to continue it. I think it's important to just take the time out to understand you, and that's it. You don't have to work if you don't have the energy for it. You don't if you don't feel like working out. You don't really got to. It's good for you. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. However, if you just can't do it. Meaning that you shouldn't pressure yourself. Exactly. I'm talking about the pressure aspect of um, it. So all of the things that we suggested are awesome for you um, and will help in the long run. But there shouldn't be any extra added pressure right now to accomplish and to, um, hey, to do all of the things that you feel like you have to do. So eliminate the pressure. Still do things that are helpful for you. Whatever that may be, as long as it's safe and keeping other people safe, but uh, there shouldn't be pressure to be accomplishing and being in perfection within all of the things, all the tasks that we do and performing. There shouldn't be any pressure in the performance. Yeah, like it's it's our our survival has been wrapped up. You know, we I'm de- I'm definitely overeating, like. Yeah, you are. Come on, now you ain't gonna <laughs> put me out there like that. I'm trying to put myself out there, accountability. I've been overeating. I've been if if it can go in a burrito, it's gonna get wrapped. That's all I'm saying. If if I could put chocolate on it, chocolate will be put on it. That's how it's going for the past maybe seven weeks. So um, this was nice. I I really do appreciate you for. I really <laughs> that's what she said. I really do appreciate you uh, for being on the show. And taking time out on your busy, busy quarantine day. Um, you have a birthday coming up uh, pretty soon. I would like everybody to tell her happy birthday. If you know anything about Tauruses, they love the extravagant, the exquisite. Yeah, so what are you doing for uh, that's, my that's, that's between me and the audience. It has nothing to do with you until your birthday comes up. Uh, anyway, I got one more question, a hard-hitting question, because we were just talking about snacks. What, what What's been your favorite snack? Shout out to... Everybody at Trader Joe's for holding me down with the cookie butter. That's my favorite snack. What's been my favorite quarantine snack? Yes. Uh, I think it changes every day. It does. I do think cookie butter is great. Um, and we went through like a little ice cream yeah. time where we were eating a lot of ice cream. Taking ice cream to the face. Um, but now I feel like I've tried to limit my snacking and just... What's the name of them, um, s- smart, what do you call them? Oh, smart sweets. Smart sweets. So those are good. Yes, those are good. Okay. It's low sugar. Good, good, good. Low sugar candy. Cool. Well, do you have anything you want to say before you... What have you learned from dating a therapist? Ooh. Yeah, from, you know, being with me what have you learned about therapy or mental health or therapists so you know before 
I truly thought that it like you you display strength while you're you know in your sessions and uh while you are uh at work obviously you've been here so your sessions have been at home so like observing you like i can see like how much energy you're holding while you while you're doing it you know he's wearing headphones guys he's not listening to my Sessions. Yeah, I'm definitely not listening to. The, I'm not saying I'm listening to the sessions at all, at all. But what I'm saying is, is like that relief after the session is over. I never saw that before. You know what I'm saying? Like it's one of them things where I was like, wow, whatever it is, it took a lot for you to do it. So do you think like it's it's it can be taxing at times? Oh, absolutely. Like it's taxing to be a therapist. I mean, I think that I have been blessed with the skill and to do it and I love my career but I I think it's difficult and like like I said before we're all human so like I'm I'm dealing with being in quarantine as well and I'm dealing with the anxieties or the stress that's coming from this virus and so um that doesn't just go away just because I am giving therapy so I am practicing or learning how to balance my own emotions about this while I'm also helping with others but it is taxing and I think that like going having sessions back to back and and in a space that's unfamiliar for the both of us for me and my client I think is been a challenge right oh and then that, that uh quiet time piece sometimes you, oh, yeah. you be needing like give oh, me yeah. 15 so minutes I, I always ask Orhan for quiet time because sometimes you just be talking and talking and talking and talking <laughs> and talking and after you've had eight sessions that day and you've listened to someone talk for eight hours straight basically you need some quiet time so I'll have to I'll have that. to be like Orhan I need I need 20 minutes of quiet time please and sometimes you can do it sometimes and other times I gotta get off my bars sometimes but okay Again, thank you for doing this. Happy birthday to you. Happy early birthday. If you want to, uh, what you got? Uh, Venmo? What you got? Talk about it. What? I'm not asking for money. We ain't asking for money. We asking for donations. <laughs> <laughs> donations? What, what do you say? Um, <laughs> donations? Donations? Um, okay, well. No, but I think it would be Right, I'll leave the links. Different ways to get therapy down below. Right, in the subscription uh, box or the detail box, rather. If you haven't been following uh, the Youth for Life podcast Twitter or Instagram, I created a page to separate Fight for Life and the Youth for Life podcast. So go and follow that, like the pictures, comment, um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm going to be doing a lot more on YouTube, uh, so be ready for that. Subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mamas, uh, your dad if you got one. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, um, continue to fight for life and stay safe. Peace out. Bye.